right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today, it's all about designs. We all know what a rendering is. When some guy comes up and puts on paper your dream, the vision, right from your head, snatches it right up. And, you know, Murray Path from Path Designs, he's one of those guys that can do just that. Bird, I know you're a fan. I know you've seen some of the crazy things that he's created. It is kind of mind-blowing how some of these guys, like, you know, Murray to, you know, all the big names in our industry, man. They just, it's amazing what they can do taking pen to paper and creating something that we, in turn, are, are dying to build. Well, no, it's huge. From so many different factors, from uh, getting your theme, like what are you trying to accomplish? You know, is this classic? Is it custom? Is it, right? Are you moving things? Are you chopping? How much do you want to chop, right? You chop yeah. something two inches or six inches, it's going to make a huge difference on how the whole vehicle looks when you're done, right? And you don't want to just kind of go out in your shop and start cutting. You want to have kind of a, <laughs> a roadmap. You want to have a vision. Like if I go back to, uh, you know, doing a whole bunch of overhaulings uh, way back in the day with Chip Foose, um, you know, he would do a rendering, right? He would draw it out. He would do all the colors and pencils, and he would kind of get the overall look, uh, what his paint was going to look like, where the modifications were. And then that was the recipe. Like literally he could just lay that on the, on the table and go, hey, guys, we're going to build that. And then he could technically just walk away for the whole episode. And everybody had the plan. There it is. It's on that one sheet of paper, right? It's your guiding principle through the whole thing to your painter, maybe your interior guy. This is what I want, right? No, like, yeah, yeah, hand yeah. waving. And it's such a great tool for, you know, you as the, let's say, the owner builder uh, to, to go, yeah, I'm committed. And then now you can talk to everybody else to it as well, right? Right, right. Well, not only that, man, you know what else it provides? Not just a, a sense of direction, but also motivation. It, it's crazy to see your vision, your dream, something you, you, you so desperately want, and all of a sudden it comes to fruition on paper, and boom, you have motivation to get it done, get the job handled. Yeah, there's no more excitement level than, that's my car, that's my dream. You got it on paper, yeah. and it could be real. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Right? It, right? <laughs> it sets the tone, and, and it really, really keeps you from doing stuff stupid, right? You try exactly. a color on a particular car, ooh, that color looked great on this car, not on this one, you know? I put exactly. some stripes, I put some graphics, right? How about these wheels? Bigger? Bigger? Smaller? Right? Lower? Right. Should I lower the car? 
Le, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it lets you work out all the bugs and all the details before you start, you know, cutting into stuff and really spending a whole bunch of money to maybe end up in a spot you don't want to be. Exactly, man. Well, when we get back, all right, we got to take a break now. When we get back, Murray Path from Path Designs on how all that intricately forms and comes together and, and shapes, molds, and, you know, fuels our passion, our desire to, you know, to create. So, Murray Path, in just a minute, quick break, we're back at it on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast, Kevin Bird, Willie B, and I love guys that are, have the just the artistic hand, Bird, to do renderings, man. I mean, that is such a skill. I have trouble drawing a stick, man, bro. I'm telling you, I'm one of those guys that can't draw anything. You always go to the, you know, the blue board on the show, and that's always cool. Man, I'm just not gifted with the with the stroke, man. Just not. Well, you know, when I do like the kind of the whiteboard in our show, the blue board drawings. It's all, uh, you know, technical drawings. Like I can see, you know, if I drew a desk or something, but man, once you get that real shape and flow and, you know, all the proportions of design, like if I was to try to draw a mountaintop, forget it. I'm still not a good guy when it comes to the dry erase board, the white board, the blue board, any sort of art where I'm terrible at it. Just terrible. Just take the compliment, run with the sun, damn. <laughs> hey, well, Murray, are you there? I am. I am here. I'm wondering how you are with the etch a sketch. I'm terrible at that too, man. You know, <laughs> I'm like a. When it comes to me and artwork, I'm like a man with a fork in a world of soup, bro. I literally have trouble drawing a stick, man. It's terrible. I was not. Uh, I just can't do it. But you, Murray, I've seen some of your renderings. I've seen some of your drawings. Some of your art. Matter of fact, I got a couple of posters of things that you have done. So welcome to the show, Murray Path from Path Designs, spelled P F A F F. And Murray, you're twisted, man. Some of the stuff that I've seen you, you know, that you have built is twisted, bro. Twisted in a good way. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, this this uh, industry allows you to explore in many different ways because there's just so many different genres and niches and interests and you know ages and decades and uh, and body styles and you know it's just it's endless. So it's a really great place to be and time to be doing it. Well, speaking of styles, right? Like. I think a lot of people got really kind of hip to the whole rendering during like the Chip Foose era and overhaul and he'd always draw something out by hand, right? He's got his colored markers, pencils, whatever. And, and that's a particular style, right? Hand drawings. And then you're sort of in this uh, computer style, right? And maybe kind of walk us through, right? There's pros and cons to both, right? A lot of people really like that hand drawing, but at the same time, a hand drawing is somewhat make-believe, right? The proportions might not be accurate, right? Well, well Bird, you know what that is, right? Bird, those are those are weapons of mass creation, son. Some people use a pen, a computer, <laughs> a brush. Uh, right, Mur Murray, what do you use actually to come up with some of these crazy concepts in your mind? Well, I gotta say, you can't be more right about you know Chip Foose, and and he really put me in business in such a way that everybody's watching overhauling, and he pulls out you know three different things that you could do to a car. And people started thinking, wow, you know, I could really explore colors or stripes or chops or proportions or wheels and, and make, you know, a car three different ways. You know, the old school hot routing was you just went out to the garage and you did what you did. 
until it was done. And then you stood back <laughs> and said, ah, oh, that's what I built, you know? But, uh, you know, the modern age has ushered in. And I'd like to say that, you know, you're talking about uh, how I do it and, and equipment. Yes, I'm on the computer, but I'm hand drawing on the monitor. So I have a stylus, you know, just like the, and I started doing this uh, 20 years ago in the hot rod world. Um, you know, start doing what they're doing at GM and Ford. You know, they're on they're on the tube, as you'd say, but you got a pressure sensitive stylus. And just like, well, Chip, again, when he'd underlay a photograph, you start with realistic proportions. And that was one of my goals in doing my renderings is to make them realistic so that when you say to somebody, yeah, that body was sectioned three inches or that top was chopped, so much or we took you know and a great example is if anybody's ever seen the imperial i, I took a four-door sedan a behemoth 1959 imperial and made it a two-seat sports car well that all started on the drawing board on the computer by uh you know looking at the proportions seeing what an inch here and an inch there and three inches there before you know it we shortened it four feet three inches and sectioned it three and took eight inches of width out of it and took it over the chassis five inches before we had a, a car that really looked like something. So when you're doing that in the process, you know, you, you get creating something and, and it's so different. You know, you walk on a car or a build, you go, that's so ugly or different or, you know, wild or out of the box. You can't help but to fall in love with it. Like there was a car this year at SEMA that both Bird and I was like, you know, for whatever reason, it works. It just works. Your Imperial is the same way. It's like, wow, that is so incredibly bizarre. But God, does that work? <laughs> I, I, I bet he can guess which one. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about because I felt the same way. At least I think I do. The 59 El Camino. Yes, sir. Yeah, El Camino Biscayne. Yeah. Oh, I I saw that car immediately fell in love. I mean, it was right up my alley. Yeah, it's crazy, right? That's something that you just don't get at a normal, you know, a lot of people build 69 Camaros, a lot of people build, you know, Mustangs and this and that and the other. But to create something like that to me is so bizarre next level because there's no there's no place of origin. Yeah, there's no reference point. Right? Yeah, you just have to start with a, a crazy vision. Well, should I paint the pictures for those you know listening to us? I mean, somebody took it. I hope to find out who, because I'd love to shake the hand of the man. Um, but they took a 59 Chevrolet El Camino, you know, pickup truck bed and everything, and they wedge cut the whole body right on down to a taper to where the headlights were almost on the ground. And then they narrowed it. Uh, they shortened it. Uh, they, they sectioned it so much that it had little gullwing flaps in the roof so you could climb into the thing. The doors were welded shut solid. And then because the wheels wouldn't fit under the fender wells once they sectioned the thing, it was like open wheeled. This is great. This is awesome. And then, of course, the, the big huffer, you know, yeah. sticking right out through the hood. It was just it was just amazing. When you see something like that, you know, you think back to the Ed Roth days or some of those crazy visionaries from the sixties and those those guys that, you know, would create bubble cars and weird, just real eccentric, you know, kind of mind blowing cars. You see that kind of shape up and especially what we saw at SEMA this year with that car, it is one of those crazy mind blowing cars, but you can't help but to fall in love with that. What is that? What makes that 
the reality of, of a build like that. Well, I don't know if it goes back to, to sitting on your living room carpet and, and pushing your Hot Wheels around, you know? Uh, well, see, I think the difference is, though, 99.9% of us would go attempt that. We'd have some vision in our head, you know, and we'd go attempt it, and it would be a complete fail, right? But somehow, guys with the right kind of vision, right, the right design skills, they can take this combobulation of something, and they can turn it into something that, that the rest of us, right, all the rest of us that would have failed, and they turn it into something that we all go, huh, that's pretty damn cool. Right, but we would have all just screwed it up. Yeah, let me offer a little insight. I think it takes stepping back from what you're working on, clearing your mind of how involved you are to it, and just and walking in the walking in the garage door with eyes like I'm looking at something for the first time. You kind of have to clear your memory banks almost, and looking at it and being willing to accept failure. Let's say, and you look at it and you say. I knew I like it because I'm building it, but I'm really looking at it and I know I need to do something. And you got to look at it and be able to critique it so that you know you can figure out what that something is or work at it until you know that, yeah, I know what that something is and I'm going to do something about it. Well, I would walk in and go, I know exactly what I need to do. That something is throw it away because it looks like crap. Well, you know, I literally when you see something so bizarre, so eccentric, so you know, just kind of mind bending, you got to appreciate the creativity behind that. I looked at that man; it was like instant, like a kid, like like you know, Murray. You were just talking about, you know, he was like playing with that Hot Wheels in the living room. You're like, yeah, man, this thing. To me, it's it's puzzling. It's crazy how they got everything to work and how it looks like. You know, for as crazy as it is, it looks like it was kind of meant to be that odd and such, you know, and have such a zany sort of look, you know? It was like, all right, it, it all works together when you step back from it. The whole thing worked. As crazy as it was, it just worked. Well, I think in that case, it takes the courage to take it so far or far enough or keep on pushing because, quite frankly, without risk, there is no reward. Amen on that. Amen on that. My prom date, my prom date can... Tell us more about that story. I mean, that's something different. Sorry. So, <laughs> so I, I I took one design class at CCS here in Detroit, right? College for Creative Studies, and, and I just took it for fun. And my takeaways was one, I'll never be a good designer. Okay, wasn't surprising. Uh, but two, I and Murray, you can jump in. So, the takeaway I got with design is proportion. And I and I think when when we go out without having some feedback mechanism, like a drawing or rendering or whatever, we go out and we just start building. I mean, you t put an incredible amount of work before you kind of get something built up and go, ooh, that's not good. Let me redo it. But by that time, you don't want to redo it anymore. It's like building a whole car again. But I think that feedback mechanism, when you're drawing, you can go, oh, it's not quite right. Let me get the proportions right. Let me shift this a little bit. Let me move this a little bit. I mean, what in your mind makes a good design versus a bad design? Well. Simplicity, to some regard, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you go to do something else on a vehicle. So I talk to a lot of clients and I talk to them about um, making a design statement or making it the same vehicle from front to back, from top side to under hood to interior to, you know, underside. 
you don't have to constantly be reinventing a wheel. So sometimes just simply a, a design theme uh, and, and stick to that because just, just because you can never means that you should, right? We see a lot of that. Mm. <laughs> so, and sometimes they overthink themselves. They just think somehow they're not doing enough. And sometimes just not doing enough is doing the right thing. You know, you know, stick to your plan and, and work it and know what that plan is. And I think that's where, you know, having somebody do a rendering, put a picture in front of you, get everybody on board on the same page, have everyone go, oh, and point to be able to point to something and say, that's what you've been talking about. Now I get it. Or being able to have a team that you're working with look at it and say, okay, I, I get where you're headed, and it allows them to explore it, allows them to ask questions, it allows them to, to uh, you know, if, if you want to go and make changes, making it on paper is so much easier than making changes in metal, you know, before you get down that road. So it's it's really builder's insurance in many ways. It's a, it's a cheap and inexpensive way to make sure that at the end of the day you get something that you wanted and something that you're happy with. Indeed, man. Well, happy with this so far. I'm telling you what, man. We'll take a quick break. Come back on the Two Guys Garage podcast. More with Murray Path from Path Designs on what you need to do to make your passion go from paper to fruition in your garage. Back in just a second on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And Kevin, you know, on the show, we all realized you could draw, man. When did you realize you had that talent and that skill? Because, man, I was over in the corner eating glue. I can't draw anything. <laughs> well, it was when I discovered a ruler. If I got a <laughs> ruler, I can draw in 2D. But the real skills is when you can freehand and get all kinds of perspective and depth and all that stuff. And that is not me, brother. Question for you, Murray. Has anybody ever presented like the, a real oddity to you? Something that's just baffling. Like I want to, I want a Porsche 911, you know, rear end with a with a, a Mazda Love truck in the front end, you know, and a mid-engine motor. You know, something bizarro that you never could figure out what exactly they were talking to. Or did most of them come and go? Okay, do you persuade most of the people you're doing renderings or you're you know doing platforms for would you say that your rendering persuades them in certain directions well <clears throat> that's a great question because it, it does happen and everybody wants to explore you know what what their vision is because all these vehicles are all personal statements they're personal statements about who we are where we've been what we've done what we enjoy right um so you get the customer. Sometimes my job is to simply get onto a visual medium, onto paper, if you will, um, what they're asking for, what they want. You know, and oftentimes, hopefully, you know, they, they've come to you in many ways because they want your input. So while you're doing that, you say, hey, have you ever thought about this? Or while I was doing what you were asking for, I kind of did plan B over here. Do you think that has any merit? And oftentimes along this okay. journey, you might get off on a little tangent here or there, but oftentimes. you married, aren't you, Murray? <laughs> he's, he's a married man. Well, it's like tippy-toeing around. Like, I think if we go right to the question is, 
you know, do you get customers that come to you with something just horrible or want you to go in a horrible direction? And then you're thinking, Oh God, how do I steer them away? How do I, how do I steer them towards success? <laughs> I, I hate to admit it, but if they want to pay me to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> and, and that's what maybe makes you a designer versus an artist. You know, you're getting paid to do the work. Right, right. Um, but yeah, no, you do want to make sure that they, they stay a course where you can be proud of the project. Uh, I can only say that maybe once there was one that I didn't put my logo on the drawing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like, yeah, don't be ashamed. That's your parents' job. See you later. Thanks. You signed a check. I'm out. <laughs> so I think on a note that you mentioned earlier, I, I've always kind of in the back of my mind, I have this, I think it was from office space, like three pieces of flair, um, right? Like don't get too exaggerated. Like take your form, take your shape, whatever car you want to, and just pick out a couple little details, right? Keep them consistent throughout. But like you mentioned, right? You can just keep adding on whatever chrome tips and this and that and, and another little whoop-de-doo and a scoop and a what and the next thing you know, you just got a you know, big mess of junk. But if you keep it like you said, almost simple, you got your three, four, whatever, how many pieces of flair, but it's not a hundred, right? You'll end up with something kind of cleaner and sexier. Absolutely. You know what your plan is and and stick to it because once people, if, if you walk up on a car, you're looking at the front of the car and you say, okay, I understand what's going on here. You know, the shapes that they're using, whether it's soft curves or whether it's sharp angles, you know, you, you, you get to feel that, oh, I'm starting to understand the car. I'm knowing it. As you walk around, you want, people love to be able to predict. That's why we sing songs, right? That's why we whistle and hum because we're predicting what the song's going to be. Well, as we go around the car, our eye is kind of doing that too. We're like, we're understanding, you know, the design language. And as you get around the back, you want to know that the back is attached to the same car that was up front and that they talk to each other, that they relate. And that's a term, you know, I've heard the designer says, we want this to talk to that. We don't want them arguing with each other. So they need to be in, you know, lockstep as far as what they're trying to communicate to us visually and that's what makes beautiful artwork beautiful artwork so i got a question for you have you what's the most expensive rendering you've ever had the uh the luxury of doing like what's something that has blown you away that you're like wow i can't believe i had a little influence in in that one I gotcha. Well, it just comes down to, you know, how in depth that you go. I mean, obviously renderings, you cover a front three quarter. That's a, that's a basic view of a car. And then if they want a little more information about what's going on, you know, then you do a, a rear view. If it's got a lot of, uh, a lot of changes to it. If you, somebody's a real fabricator and do a lot of metal work, you might be doing a profile because you're modifying, you know, the chop or the proportions or a section. Uh, throw in some interior drawings, throw in some underhood drawings, throw in some trunk drawings. And, you know, if you're going to that level and you're doing logos for them, and apparel as well, you know, we've had to go that far, you know. Nice. No, apparel. Wow. Is that like satin jackets with my Corvette? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, what's your, what, what's either your top, you know, build where you've done the design uh, or maybe somebody else's or both? And what, what was it really 
you know, that you liked about it? What made it kind of your favorite? Well, I love it. You know, I work with builders across the country. Uh, I even have clients, you know, across the world. Um, but, you know, if I'm in an area where I can walk into a shop, you know, every so often on a build and be able to say, yep, he's got the, the direction I was thinking, but let's sweeten it up a little bit here and a little bit there. You know, obviously that makes it so much uh, nicer. So uh, love working, you know, locally here in, in Detroit, but uh, work all across the country. I love it when builders, you know, sending me updates and pictures. Uh, I guess you could say that happened with uh, Byron Burnham's uh, Vega that recently was out in the Hot Wheels display at SEMA. 75, 6 Vega is actually a Vega Cosworth they chopped up and did a wide body kit on. So I helped design that wide wide body kit and he would send me build drawings. I'd be like, yeah, here, sweeten up this curve or let's change this metal work just a little bit. Notice how that rendering, you know, did this, zoom in on it and have a look. So uh, that was cool. And another cool was Joe, Joe Holyfield's uh, MGB GT. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that was an awesome ride. Borla injection on top of it. So yeah, you guys got to check that one out. And uh, road race influences and uh, flared car, and that came out really cool. What was the uh, was like code name or what was the a double agent? Double agent. Yeah, look that up, guys. That's a nasty little build. Yep. Yeah, it kind of falls right in line with uh, that BMW uh, that you did, Kevin. That thing was just absolutely awesome. Why do you think I like Joe's car? <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Fells right in line with yeah, what I like. Hey, you know what? I don't think wide body uh, that aggressive sort of appeal to any platform. I don't think that's ever gonna get old. You know, regardless of it, it being an MG or a a BMW or old school muscle car, doing a wide body look on any car it just makes it so sexy. It's definitely hot to last so many years. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, Murray. Awesome. You know, I know you do a huge uh, D-lot at uh, Autorama. That's coming up what, next February, March. So we're going to have to have you back on so you can kind of give us some updates on how that's coming along. You got your fingers in a lot of stuff. So we're going to have to make sure we bring you back, talk a little bit more about design, what's going on with different events that you're involved with. Uh, this guy is kind of in, you know, everything. He's got his fingers all over the place because he's kind of, you know, a go-to guy in the industry. So... So stay tuned for more of Murray. We're going to have to wrap up to today, but awesome talking about cars, man. we got a lot more to kind of pick your brain on because we all want to stay out of trouble, right? We all want to build <laughs> cool cars because we put in so many hours. And at the end of the day, to build something, you kind of go, eh, that's really depressing, right? And sometimes you gotta have somebody just give you the truth, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ahead of time. Support to talk to you anytime. All right. Well, the problem with staying out of trouble is it starts out as fun. But Murray, we appreciate it. Path Designs, P F A F F Designs. Uh, man, always good talking to you. For Two Guys Garage Podcast, it's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. Man, and I gotta tell you, Murray's a talented guy. Man, to be able to take a pen or a computer or anything like that and create what he does, especially when you see it. You know, all finished product, fit and finish, being a knockout or a home run, it always looks fantastic. Oh, man. And if you check them out on, you know, I think it's pathdesigns.com, uh, you know, Google it up, you'll find it. I mean, I think he's got over 400 cars that he's done design-wise, I think 50 cars at SEMA. So you're sure to be able to look through his collection 
and find something that kind of inspires you, gets you all geeked up, right? Makes you want to build something. And, you know, maybe your project, you know, goes to a guy like Murray. It says, all right, before I, you know, go down this long path, I want to know what the heck I'm going to end up with. Yeah, what you end up with, you love it or you just leave it, walk away, man. And with that being said, we got to walk away from the show. Our time is up on Two Guys Garage Podcast. And don't forget about our TV show, Airy Weekend on Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming Two Guys on Motor Trend On Demand, which is Britain crazy Productions. cool. For Thanks to our guest, Murray Path from Path Apple Designs. Podcast, for Kevin Podcast, Bird, I'm Stitcher, Willie B., our Spotify, producer, Scoop, and our executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, Two Guys Garage and share your thoughts with us. We're on social. We're everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright 2020 Brenton Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. And you know what? That means we are out of here. Oh, what a great conversation, man. I'm inspired. I can't wait for another beautiful thing, a beautiful dream to pop in my head to go build. We'll catch you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.